0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope for every listening, you are blessed by this week's message. Well, happy Father's Day. I am so excited to be celebrating with my fellow dads. You guys are awesome. Uh, Many of you... Just sacrifice so much for your children. And I want you to know that uh, we see that. Your children see that. Heaven sees that. We applaud you. We salute you. You are deserving of honor. So thank you. Because truly, you are really making a deposit in this next generation. Your example of faith, your example of love, your, your example of gentleness is shaping this generation. And so thank you, dads. You are amazing. Keep it up. God is proud of you. I want to continue on a series that we began last week called "Check Engine Light." That's the series name, and today I want to talk to you about the importance of a wheel alignment. Now, if you don't know the importance of having a wheel alignment, let me just just give you some 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 nuggets on that. Uh, your wheels on a car they need to be aligned, right? And we can we can see the obvious reasons. Uh, But many times when we fail to get a wheel alignment, what ends up happening is that our wheel starts to tilt differently. So the left might be slightly tilting left, maybe the right is slightly tilting right, and now turning the car, whether you're turning left or right, it becomes that much more difficult. Right? Also, it brings stress on your treads and so you wear out your tires a lot easier. Uh, it, it affects your gas mileage. It slows your car down. I mean, it's something that isn't good. And so if you take your car to the mechanic, one of the basic things that they'll check is how aligned are your wheels. And as I thought about this, what I, what I became very like, clear on is how, how this parallels to our walk with God so often we are living our Christian life, right? Doing life as best as we know how to, or maybe we're not doing it as best as we know how to, but we're living life and we're not aligned to God's plans for our lives. And let me tell you something. Sometimes it's the slightest tilt that makes the big difference, right? So you can be slightly tilted to the right where God is taking you this way. And over time, that slight tilt will lead you to a place where you feel very, very distant from God. Now, God is never running away from us. God is never distant from us. God is never making it difficult to enjoy intimacy with him. Not at all. But sometimes the angle of our hearts, we slightly tilt away from where he's pulling us. And then we wake up one day and we're asking ourselves, man, how did I get here? How did I get to a place where I don't feel close to the Lord? How do I how did I get here where I don't hear his voice the way I used to? What what happened to me? Here's, here's what happened. Well, here's what could have happened is that you failed, just like you would take your car to the mechanic, you failed to go and get an alignment. And this is something that we must do regularly. And how do you do that? I mean, basic things. You just, you, you, you go into the presence of God. You check in. You ask the Lord, search my heart. That was a prayer that David once prayed. He said, search my heart. Look within me. See if there's anything that displeases you. And I think that a lot of times the reasons why we sort of tilt one way over the other or we're not aligned with God's perfect plan is because we're not allowing God to search us. Now, he knows what's in us already. He knows what's in your heart. But when I say allow God to search you, that means you allow your heart to be to, you know, you, you allow God to work in your life, not just he knows the things that are in my heart and so he's already searched it out. No, Lord, you are free to correct me, redirect me. I'm listening. My heart is open to your alignment of my life to your will. This is so, so crucial that you get an alignment to God's plans and purposes for your life. You know, I'm thinking of a scripture found in Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30. This is what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Right. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Upon you and learn from me take my yoke upon you and learn from me What does that mean to take the yoke of Jesus? Well, this is an agricultural term He's giving an analogy of oxen that tread out the grain of a field and what we have What you would have is you'd have two oxen being yoked together, right? And they would tread out the field they would tread out the grain in the field and Jesus is saying hey I want you to do the same thing. I want us to be yoked together. I want us to walk the field of life, if you would, together. I want us to do life together, and I want you to open your heart to this. And so he gives you an invitation. Take my yoke, right? We have work to do. We have things that we gotta accomplish, but you gotta take my yoke, and I want you to learn from me. And this is what he describes himself to be. He says, I am gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That means my yoke is not going to bruise you. It's not going to hurt you. I'm not going to abuse you. Like some people think, you know, God is an abuser or he's someone who's harsh and he's someone who's going to judge you and strike you down. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not that kind of a, I'm not that kind of a Lord. Not at all. I'm gentle. I'm lowly. But it is a yoke. We have work to do. We, We will be, I will be testing you. I will be pushing you. I will be directing you. But my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. And he says, my burden is light. And he says, if you would do this, you would find rest for your souls. And I want to ask you right now, are you aligned with God's plans and purposes for your life? Right? Because over time, just to use the same analogy as a car over time, this is what happens as you drive for a couple of thousand miles, three, four, five, sooner or later through all the bumps on the road, things start to get loose. Nuts and bolts start to get loose. Things are not as tight. Things are not as as lubed up as it should be. Right. Things start drying out. And what ends up happening? Things start shifting, moving, and you're no longer aligned. This is the truth, even for our walk with God. And I believe that some of us, the basic alignment, you know, that God wants you to to kind of come into, come into fellowship with believers. I believe that a lot of you that may be watching, you don't have a regular flow of fellowship with Christians. And listen, God didn't take us out the world, right? So let's be clear. I'm not saying all your friends and everyone that's around you has to all be believers. But some of you, you're probably not in a flow of believers. You don't have fellowship with believers. And so over time, things start to misalign why are we encouraged through scripture to be around believers? Why are we encouraged to be around people who pray, who are in the word? It's because those are accountability factors. Those are mechanisms that the Bible teaches will cause your life to walk in alignment. But when you are spending all your time with people who don't know the word, who don't have faith, who who are not walking by the spirit, who are carnal, right? These are, these are real things. When all of your time is surrounded by those kinds of uh, elements you're not going to walk in alignment with god's plans and purposes you're simply not and so if you're watching me here today what i want to encourage you i want you to look at your circle who are, who's in your circle are you around people that can hold you accountable to god's plans and purposes are you around people that can speak the word of god to you are you around people that can pray for you Those are the things that help you stay aligned to God's purposes. You know, another thing that I think of when I think about being aligned to God's heart is seeing people the way God sees people. You know, you'll see in the ministry of Jesus, he often had to correct people with how they viewed people. (laughs) You know, there's a story where they brought children to Jesus. Think about that. Cute little children, babies, one-year-old, two-year-olds. Oh, Jesus, would you bless my kid? Would you bless my son? Would you bless my daughter? And you know what his disciples did? They rebuked those parents. Get those kids away. Jesus don't got time for your kids. I mean, that's exactly what he said. That's what they said. And Jesus stopped them. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You, don't know. you don't know what you're talking about. He says, let the children come, for such is the kingdom of God. He saw children differently, and he had to align people's view that they had of children, he had to align their view with his. You know, the same thing for women. Women in in, in those times weren't always esteemed, weren't always treated with respect. Jesus uplifted the dignity of women. This is why when he resurrected, the very first people who saw the resurrection or saw that he resurrected were women. They were the first people who told, hey, Jesus is actually alive. When he was by the well and he was speaking to a woman that was at the well, a Samaritan woman, not only did he minister to her, and she was a woman that many people probably looked at as kind of a, you don't want to be around this kind of a woman, yet he revealed truth to her and she went out and led a whole city, a whole city to come and hear Jesus. That's not insignificant. That is not insignificant. I believe that in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was showing that I value people, people that were overlooked, the poor, women, children, people that were even tax collectors, people that were looked at as the scourge many times of society, people that people that overlooked and didn't want to be around jesus constantly aligned people's value system with his and how did he see people he saw people as made in the image of god he 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 redeemed the image of the poor he redeemed the image of women of children of tax collectors of sinners of prostitutes all the people that people would just overlook and say, ah, there's, there's not really a place for you here. You, there's no seat at the table for you here. Jesus thought differently. And I want to challenge you. How do you see people? How do you see people? Because I think a lot of times we're so quick to judge people. We're, look, we're so quick to say, I don't, I don't rock with people like that. I don't look, I, I don't, I'm not down with you. I'm not down with that. Be, let's imagine this. Now, listen. We're in a very sensitive time here. Right. And I believe that, you know, with all the civil unrest and the protesting that we've been seeing, I think a lot of it is good. I think God is really in this. I see I see a wave of repentance. I see a wave of acknowledgement that, man, we need to change. And I believe that's God. Here's my challenge to you. What do you do when you discover that there are people maybe in your circle or maybe in your work area or wherever you are that may have bigoted ideas, racist ideas, ideas that you see are objectionable. What do you do? Do you easily and quickly just cut them off? I don't want to deal with you. Or do you look at that as an opportunity to redeem them back to truth? That's what Jesus did. And listen, (laughs) there's a string in me of, of, of passionate, justice. Like I I hate to see injustice. I hate to see uh, uh, inequity. I hate to see it. I hate to see it. And I want to see people held accountable to the highest degree. Thank God I'm not God. Let me tell you right now, thank God I'm not God because I I can be ruthless. Believe it or not, I can be. I I, I have something about me that gets really... I think sometimes I have a violent... Uh, desire on on the inside. So I want to let you know I'm with you for those who are angry about what you see in the world. Trust me, you're probably not more angry than me. (laughs) But here's what I realize heaven is saying, and this is going to maybe unsettle some of you. Yeah, even those people I want to show my love to. Even those people I want to redeem. You see, it's easy to read it in the gospels and see how Jesus dealt with tax collectors. It's easy to look at that. It's like, oh yeah, he dealt with tax collectors and stuff. Cause you're not living in that moment. You're not in that society. You didn't have to deal with tax collectors the way these guys had to. These guys were extortioners. They robbed you, they came to your home and took more than what was necessary. And Jesus sat with them. And Jesus says, yeah, I love them. Jesus said, I wanna redeem them. Now I'm telling you, even as I share this, It's a little uncomfortable for me because it challenges my own flesh. But here's what God is saying. I want to align your value system with mine. Yes, I'm a God of justice. Yes, I will punish things that need to be punished. Yes, I will deal with people that need to be dealt with. But I value people, all people people with issues, racist people, people who are sinners, people who have deep-seated issues in their heart. I value them. I love them. And I want you to see people the way I see them. Man, that's a tough word, but that's the word of heaven. He values people. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, he had to constantly change people's perspective. He had to constantly align people with his thoughts. I remember when the sons of thunder, uh, John and James, those were the, they were called the sons of thunder. They were the sons of Zebedee, and they were very passionate. They were, very, they were ready to call fire down from heaven when they weren't listening to Jesus. When people weren't listening to Jesus, they said, Jesus, should we call fire from heaven? And Jesus said, hey, you don't know what spirit you are of. I didn't come to destroy life. I came to redeem it. I came to save it. Time and time and time again, the people that were dismissed, the people that were unclean, the people that were sinners, the people that were considered to be traitors of their own people. And that's what tax collectors were. They were traitors of their own people and even people that were considered to be religious leaders like Pharisees and Sadducees. You'll see that Jesus ate with them, went to their home, redeemed. He looked for opportunities to redeem people out of their mess. Why? He valued people. And I just want to just I think in this time that we're living in, I want your heart to be aligned with heaven. You don't have to get rid of your desire for justice. You don't have to get rid of your desire to protest. You don't have to get rid of your desire to work for change. Keep those things. That's God. But while you're doing that, I want you to value people, value people. People who don't agree with you, people who don't like you, people who are racist, people who have negative thoughts towards you, value them, value them. I I can't shake the scripture where the Bible talks about how while we were sinners, this is found in Romans 5, while we were sinners and while we were enemies, that's the word it used, while we were enemies with God, God sent his son to redeem us back to himself. He sent his son to die for us. Think about that. While we were enemies, this is what God did. He sowed the seed of love in the person of Jesus Christ. I feel to tell you right now, God wants you to align your value system of people to heaven. And so right where you are, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, give me a perspective of people that mirrors yours. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to see the worst of the worst, the people that we hate passionately, like, man, I can't stand people like this. I can't stand people who think this way, feel this way. Lord, how do you see them? Now, again, God is a just God. God judges. He will bring correction where correction is needed. We know that. So let's be clear about that. But while we're on the earth, what is our job? While we're fighting for justice and all of the things that we're fighting for value people the way heaven values. Man, I want you to know that that's that's the will of God. I also want to I feel inspired to tell you that God wants you to align yourself, your self image, because he sees you a certain way. He wants your self image to be aligned with how he sees you. You know, I'm thinking of. Elisha, you know, you're not going to be able to fulfill God's purpose unless you align yourself with God's image of you. I'm thinking of Elisha because there was a time where Elisha ran and he went into self-pity and he began to complain to the Lord that there's no one like him. He's the only one that's serving God. Everyone else are heathens. And he was wrong. He had a wrong opinion of himself and he had a wrong opinion of others. And that, that's usually what happens when you have a wrong opinion of who you are. You generally have a wrong opinion of other people and you can't see the world in the proper way. And Elisha had a wrong opinion of himself. He thought he was the only one that was serving God. He thought there was no righteous except him. He says, I'm the only one left. And God was like, no, there's hundreds. There's hundreds like you, bro. <laughs> You're not the only one. In fact, you were indicting everybody, but they're not what you think they are. And Elijah was in a cave and he was saying, Lord, take my life. I, it, it's, it's useless for me to continue. I, I failed you. I can't continue. I can't continue to hold the mantle of righteousness for the entire nation. Elisha, guess what? You don't have to. <laughs> There's others like you and you have a wrong estimation of who you are. And I feel that there are people who are misaligned with who they are you don't have a proper perspective of who God made you to be. And when you don't have a proper perspective of who who you are, you'll have a misunderstanding of others and you'll find yourself in a cave in self-pity. You cannot, you cannot fulfill God's plan for your life. If you are living with self-pity, if you're saying it's, it's worthless I can't. I failed at this. This is the 10th time I tried this. You know, this, this is it. I'm never going to get this right. You can. That is not God's opinion of you at all. You know, I've taught this many times, but it bears repeating. You'll see many times when people came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm not worthy. Jesus never agreed with them. He never said, you're right. You're not worthy. He never agreed with them. Peter said, leave, leave my boat, depart from me. I'm unclean, I'm unworthy. I shouldn't even even be around you. Jesus didn't say, you know what, Peter, you're right. I didn't even think about that. You know, you're, you're a fisherman, and, and who, who are you to be with me? I'm Jesus. You know, I, I, I really didn't think about that. You know what? I'm going to leave this boat and leave you here. No, Jesus said, uh-uh, I don't have that opinion of you. You may think you're unworthy of my presence, but I see value in you. And I'm calling you not only to be a fisherman. No, no, that, that, that's not your, that's not the totality of your, of your destiny. I'm calling you to be a fisherman of men. That's what I see. Plenty of people said, Jesus, I'm not worthy. The centurion, the Satyrian who had a servant that was sick. He said, don't come to my house. <laughs> I'm not worthy that you should come to my house. Jesus didn't say, you know what? Yeah, it's about time you realize that. You know, yeah, I won't come to your house because you're not worthy of me. That's not what Jesus said. He was on his way to the house. Now, he used it as an opportunity to teach about great faith because the centurion said, all you need to do is speak the word and that'll be that. But guess what? Jesus was actually going to his house. He was he. Jesus didn't think that the guy was unworthy of his presence. He was going. I want you to know something that many times we have this perception of ourselves that God is not backing. And if you have a misaligned view of who you are, misaligned from what God's view is, you cannot fulfill God's plans and purposes for your life. So I want to tell you right now. Don't have a wrong view of people. Don't have a wrong view of yourself. This must change. You're not going to be able to fulfill purpose unless you see God or see yourself the way God sees you. You know, I'm thinking of Gideon. Gideon the same way. I mean, we can go on and on and on. The Bible is filled with people who counted themselves out, who said, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I don't have this. I don't know this. I haven't been here. I messed up. Throughout the scriptures, God is saying, no, 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 I don't agree with you. Moses fought God. I can't do it. God says, yes, you can. Gideon said, I can't do it. God says, yes, you can. You know, uh, Isaiah says, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't speak. God says, yes, you can. You know, oh, I'm too young. That was Jeremiah. Uh Uh-uh. Yes, you can. Don't tell me you're too young. Don't tell me you're this. Don't tell me you're that. I don't care about your excuses. I see you differently and I'm asking you to align your view with my view of you. Man, I'm going to tell you something. This is what prayer does. This is what being in the word of God does. The Bible says that when we go into the perfect law of liberty, it is like a mirror that stands before us. When you look at yourself in the mirror, the mirror reflects who you are. It reflects who you are. And when you're able to see who you are through the word of God, it allows you to have a proper estimation of your value and your worth. God is saying to you, align yourself. Stop saying words that I don't agree with. Stop seeing people in a way that I don't agree with. Stop acting as if you are weak. Stop acting as if you cannot do it. Stop acting as if you're confused. Stop acting as if you don't know what to do. No, all of that is untrue. My God, if I wasn't sitting, <laughs> I mean, I could stand, of course, but I don't want we have a tripod here. So I want to keep keep myself in this frame here. But I want to let you know, God is saying to you, I have a high opinion of you. And it's high time for you to get to that place where you're seeing yourself the way I see you. My God, I'm, I'm, I'm you cannot get that. By, by avoiding God's presence. You cannot get that if you're not in the word. You cannot get that if you're not spending time with Jesus. It's in time of, of worship. It's in the time of in his word. That's when you get heaven's perspective of you. Man, you're more than who you think you are. My God, I'm telling you, you're more than what your sexual urges tell you you are. Yeah, that's a big one. You're more than that. You're more than what your culture tells you who you are. You're more than what your pedigree tells you you are. You're more than your experiences in life tell you who you are. You're more than that. Align yourself. Align your heart. Align your view with what God has said of you. He said you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you? Come on. Have, when was the last time you said that to yourself? I'm more than a conqueror, and not not just I'm more than a conqueror. That, that that's cool, but what you got to do is you got to relay it to now an experience that you're having in the moment. I'm more than a conqueror through Him who loved me, and therefore I will conquer this and begin to speak what you will conquer. I have conquered this because I am more than a conqueror. Come on. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. These, This is what the Lord sees of you. Mm. My God, I feel like preaching. I'm telling you, It is time for you to use what God has said about you. Put it on your lips. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your heart. Align yourself with God's view of you. This is the only way you're going to live a victorious life. Stop talking about your feelings. Stop talking about your urges. Stop talking about your weaknesses. Stop talking about your failures. Stop talking about your confusion, your fears stop talking about all of that and start talking the word of God. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that creates this world, this universe that, that brought you into existence. That's the only thing that was before you. and will be after you. The word of God, glory to God. That's what you need to hold to. That's what changes things. Align yourself with his word. In the name of Jesus, would you lift up your hands? I want to bless you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, every lie that you have embraced and said out of your own mouth, I curse that lie, may the truth of who you are be abundantly clear into your soul, may you have a clear understanding of who God made you to be, you will walk in God's purposes and plans and the identity that he has created you to walk in, you will walk in it this day forward in Jesus name, you will not only value people, you will value yourself, you will not put yourself down, you will not speak negatively about yourself, you will not think negatively about yourself, you will not feel negatively about yourself. No, you're going to have a high estimation of who you are. You will see yourself the way heaven sees you. You are worthy of God's best. You are worthy of God's favor. You are worthy of God's goodness. You are worthy of God's mercy. You are worthy of blessing. You are worthy of it all. Jesus died for you so you can be worthy of his best. Oh, right now, receive it now in Jesus' name. You're worthy of success. You're worthy of breakthrough. Oh, but I made a lot of mistakes you're still worthy of it. You're worthy of breaking generational curses by the name of Jesus. You're worthy of healing in your body. You're worthy of financial prosperity. You're worthy of peace in your home. You're worthy of peace in your family. You're worthy for your life to be great. Yes, you are worthy in the name of Jesus. You're worthy for your marriage to be aligned. You're worthy for your children to be strong and healthy and blessing you, speaking well of you as their parents. You're worthy of a great social life. You're worthy of a great career you're worthy of it if you're worthy of jesus you're worthy of it all come on if you have jesus you're worthy of it all say to yourself i'm worthy of it no longer will i live beneath my privileges no longer will i align myself with that which is beneath me no longer will i accept that which is less i'm worthy of heaven's best and i receive it today in jesus name come on if you believe that shout where you are hallelujah Hallelujah! I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Oh, I'm worthy. Yeah, I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of God's best. And I will not accept anything less in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Listen, I want to invite you to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you are watching me and you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you say this with me? He's calling you into a dynamic relationship with him. He wants you. Say this. Say, Father, I feel that you're calling me, and I know I must give my life to you. Jesus, you died for my sins. Forgive me. I receive you as Lord. I receive you as Savior. Take me as I am. I receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, my God, I want to applaud you. I want to congratulate you. You are a believer. You are born again. You're a child of God, and God has something amazing for you. Do us the honor. Let us know that you made this prayer, that you made this confession of Jesus Christ as Lord over your life. Would you send us an email? at info at nylifechurch.com, info at nylifechurch.com. You only have to type three words, I received Jesus. That's it. If you could type those three words and, and email it to us, we will send you some information on what to do, how to grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. We have a prayer team that's available to pray with you as well. You'll see some information on that uh, shortly after this, uh, this message. But I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to the family of God. We love you. God bless you. God is good. Have a wonderful week. Happy Father's Day, everyone. I miss you. I love you. Soon we will be gathering again. Trust me, we will. We, we, the, the, the plans are in the works. I'm so excited about it, it won't be so it won't be long. We'll be gathering again, so stay tuned for that. God bless you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.